0: You may be seated. Um, yeah, if I may. <laughs> you mentioned, Father Hubbley, that I was not included in that book. And that is a very astute observation. <laughs> and I do believe that my unique position in this family. As that of an outsider. Allows me to view this hodgepodge of life from a rather unique vantage point. Top of the beanstalk? <laughs> and I do maintain that if, if anyone is to blame, Father, for this river of pent-up hostility that runs through the sorry bunch like you-know-what through a we-know-what, that person goes by the name of Raymond. Oh, sit down, you dope. He is and always has been the center, the center of attention, the center of affection, he always gets the center chair in the kitchen. And this anger of which you speak from the rest of these poor souls stems from his unwillingness to share even the tiniest portion of the spotlight that shines without end on him. <laughs> <laughs> ah! What are you doing? What are you doing? Center chair. It's my kitchen. Get your own kitchen. There you go. There you go. You see, because I only have a kitchenette and he loves it. Right? <laughs> Rub it in, Raymond. No house for me. No wife. No kids. No lawn. No
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yes, very much. I'm Joe Davis. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, before I get started, real quick, I want to remind you. Uh, we're going to have Super Bowl Fellowship next Sunday. Anybody that's everybody, or everybody that's anybody, should I said that way, is going to be there. We're going have a blow-up games and jump house for the kids and all kind of fun stuff. We're going to have lots of pizza and food. Just bring some food, too, to help us out. Uh, also, Monday night's Grace Life Recovery, a fantastic ministry of Grace Life Sarasota. It's awesome. 7 o'clock, we provide pizza at the Nightlife Center. So today, the name of the message is Everybody Loves Abel. You see the picture there? You know, Abel's got his offering and God likes it. And Cain's looking back like, that offering sucks. My offering's better. Why does Abel get all the glory and all the credit? You can see why I played the video. Everybody loves Raymond. So this message, I'm a little nervous about it because as I was walking through, putting together the history and the theology, there is so much theology here with the story of Cain and Abel. And it was really hard to narrow it down, so I'm going to ask that you bear with me a little bit today as I go through the information portion of the passage before I get to the devotional. But it's really important stuff, and my hope is that it will change the way you look, not only at the story of Cain and Abel, but you'll start to see how the book of Genesis really just is a series of shadows and pictures of the New Testament of Jesus. So today the passage is Genesis 4, 1-5. We'll start with that. I'm just going to read this passage. And Adam laid with his wife Eve, and she became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. Later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept the flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In other words, Abel was a shepherd and Cain was a farmer. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, but Abel brought fat portions, in other words, the best parts of some of the firstborn of his flock, the Lord looked with favor on Abel's offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look, fable, fav, look with favor. So Cain was very angry, and his face, face was downcast. So I want to talk about the history of sibling rivalry in this passage today. Okay, this is a very interesting. First of all, Cain, his name means something value has been possessed. Something valuable or precious has been attained by me. That's what Cain's name means, valuable. Valuable possession. Abel's name means, get this, this is the second born. It just means vanity, vapor, breath. I mean, can you imagine if you're born and your older brother's name is valuable possession and your name is, eh, vapor, you know, what's his name? His name's valuable. Oh, what's your name? I'm just a breath. <laughs> Bad breath at that. So Cain was a farmer, and Abel was a shepherd. So you see, they have two different jobs, and they both come to give offerings from their labor to God. <clears throat> God favored Abel's offering, but rejects Cain's. And I'll give you more on this later, okay? There's more on that later. But what happens is Cain's anger becomes uncontrollable. And he says to his brother Abel, listen, let's go out in the field. Let's talk a little bit. Just come on out with me. Let's walk. It's a nice night. You know, the weather's good. The stars are great. We're going to go out there. Let's talk about your sheep. I love to hear more about your sheep, Abel. They're fantastic. Clearly, they're great sheep. God loved them more than the wheat that I made. But, you know, whatever. Let's go out there and let's talk about them. And the scripture says, while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. So that's the history. Not good, right? There's so much more to this idea about why Abel's offering was accepted and Cain's rejected. We'll get to that later. So let's talk about the theological part of this. This is where I need you to really focus in and try to track with me, okay? I want to talk about how God deals with a sinner. The sinner being, in this particular story, Cain. First of all, God instructs Cain in verse 6. He says, And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you so angry? This is before he killed his brother. Why are you so angry? Why is your face frowning why are you so downcast why are you such a baby if you do what's right Cain won't you be accepted all you have to do is do the right thing and you will be accepted but if you do not do what is right sin is crouching at your door and it desires to consume you but you must master it so God instructs Cain look I know you're upset that your brother's offering was better than yours But there's a reason why. Just do things the right way, Cain, and you'll be fine. But if you don't, you're going to have issues. So then what happens is Cain kills Abel, and God confronts Cain. And he says, where's your brother Abel? A rhetorical question. And Cain says, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Why are you asking me? Am I responsible for where my brother is? It's not my responsibility. He's a grown man. He's just breath and vapor. I'm valuable. Why do I got to worry about where he is? Then God said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. And then God judges Cain. Genesis 4:11 and, and uh, John 8:34. I'm just going to read these passages to you just so you understand what's going on. Here's what God says to Cain, now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which had opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your own hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield crops to you. You've lost your job. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. In other words, your job, the rest of your life is to forage. Look for what you can grab from other places. In many respects, you have no home. And in John 8, 34 and 35, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in a family, but a son belongs to it forever. So you see Jesus describing what Cain is experiencing. And isn't that the way it is with us a lot of times, guys? When we go through sin, and we go through things that are destroying our life, one of the consequences we often pay is what? Our family. We begin to lose our relationships the ones that are most important to us, they become the price of our rebellion and the price of our sin. And that is what happened with Cain. And you know what? God does something very interesting in Genesis chapter 4. He replaces Abel. Did you know that? Why would he have to replace Abel? Look what the passage says in Genesis Genesis 4, 25 and 26. And Adam laid with his wife again, and she gave birth to a son and named him Seth saying, God has granted me another child in place of Abel since Cain killed him. Seth also had a son. He named him Enoch. And at that time, men began to call upon the name of the Lord. So you see what happens is people weren't really following God until Seth was born and had another son. Now, understand something. This is going to help you understand the theology of this, okay? The whole Old Testament, maybe this will make the Old Testament more interesting. I know it's long. It's got a ton of long books, and it's got begats, and these, and thous, and it can be kind of boring, right? But what happens is the whole Old Testament is a story of how God protects the line of Jesus. Look at it that way. Every time you see a story in the Old Testament, think of, okay, how is it that God is protecting the line of Jesus? The ultimate fulfillment of our redemption. See, this is the reason, guys, that Cain had to be banished. God wanted to protect the next seed, who is Seth, from another attack from Cain, who the scripture says was of the evil one. So this is what's going on in the Old Testament. The reason Cain could no longer be with his family is because God said, I can't take the chance of you destroying my second chance at bringing Jesus about, which is Seth. And you're out. So the reason that Cain had to be banished so God could protect Seth. All right, a couple more things real quick. Abel is a picture of Jesus. Let me just go through these real quick. First of all, you notice how they're both shepherds? This isn't by coincidence. Abel and Jesus both considered shepherds. Jesus, the great shepherd, Abel, the shepherd. Abel was chosen by God. We're going to get to that in a minute. And I think it's going to blow you away how he was chosen by God. You know what else happened? They were both rejected by their own. I mean, his very name suggests he was rejected. Cain is valuable possession. Abel, breath, vapor, vanity. He was rejected by his own. John 1 11 says, he came to that which was his own, talking about Jesus, but his own did not receive him. So you see, they're very similar pictures, but there was one, you know, and they also both, by the way, suffered innocent deaths, but there was one big difference. Abel was not be able to resurrect himself. Jesus was. All right. That was a lot, and I went through it quickly because it kind of bores me too, but it's important stuff. I want to get to devotional today. So important. Faith is the difference. You see, it wasn't because Abel was better than Cain. It wasn't because Abel understood how to do offerings better. Well, Cain, here's the problem. I've been practicing offerings, and I know exactly how to do them step by step. You missed step two, step four, and step five, by the way, you didn't do it. That's not the reason that Cain's offering was rejected. As a matter of fact, the Scripture teaches us why his offering was rejected. Hebrews 11, 4 through 6, By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, he still speaks, even though he is dead. Look at this next one. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him earnestly. You see, Abel's offering wasn't good because he was good at church. Abel's offering wasn't good because he was good at worship. It wasn't good because he knew exactly how God wanted the offering to be done. It was good. Why? Because Abel had been given faith, which is a... That's exactly right. And it wasn't because Abel was so smart that he figured out, oh, faith is the secret. It was a supernatural act of God. Abel wasn't worshiping for himself. He was worshiping. Get this now. This is going to blow you away. When Abel was doing that sacrifice... He was doing it for himself, for his brother, for his mom, for his dad, for all the animals that were suffering under the curse. He was doing it for the fallen world. Abel was the choice that God had chosen to bring about the line of redemption. And Cain hated it. This is how a lack of faith made Cain's offering insufficient. Cain's sacrifice wasn't because of a liturgical process he just that he didn't do it right. It was rejected because he had not been given the gift of faith. And the problem, guys, with Cain's sacrifice was that his heart was not in the offering. He lacked the faith and, therefore, the love for God. And he gave his second best. And he came to worship God. Sure, you think he would get some credit, right? At least he tried, right? I mean, you know, participation trophy, right? He came to worship God, sure, but a lack of faith and get this. This is where I think I'm going to maybe freak you out a little bit. The lack of faith made his worship very selfish, not sacrificial. But even with that, even with that, what would cause Cain to kill his? Why would he be so angry over just a bad church service? Just over an offering. Boy, church was terrible. I'm going to kill my brother.
0: <laughs>
1: it wasn't just because church didn't go well that day. I mean, think about it, guys. These are not stupid people. Cain and Abel were born of Adam and Eve, the smartest people that ever walked the face of the earth. These are brilliant people. So just to assign juvenile sibling rivalry to this fight is really kind of silly. It would be like me killing Daryl over jealousy of the fact that he does a better job running the Lord's table. That he doesn't spill the wine all over the stage, for those of you that were here that day, remember? <laughs> Daryl comes up here and he does the Lord's table and he pours, pours the juice perfectly and it gets right to the top and it doesn't overflow. And he puts it down and his words flow nice. And that really ticks me off, Daryl. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. That's what we think about... Cain and Abel, but boy, your offering was better, Your toast. That's not why he killed his brother. There had to be more to this, right? And we know this because the passage says that Abel was replaced by Seth. See, I believe through looking at the scriptures that Cain knew that God favored Abel. Cain knew that God favored Abel to be the line chosen to redeem mankind in the earth. As a matter of fact, Genesis 3.15 promised this. And I will put enmity between you and the woman. This is God talking to the serpent or the devil. Between your offspring and hers, he will crush your head. You will strike his heel. And that's a prophecy of the fact that there was going to be a line that led to a redeemer. And Cain was jealous of over the fact that the birthright of being the savior of the world, he believes it should have been his, right? I mean, he was the firstborn, and he's the valuable possession. Abel's just the vapor, the vanity, the emptiness. I'm the valuable possession. I should be the one that is redeeming the world. And by the way, this wasn't the last time that God chose a younger over an older brother. There's a story in Malachi about Jacob and Esau. The story about David, the King David and his brothers. All of his brothers were tall and stately, strong men. And the prophet went by all of them and said, No, 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 no. Where's the rest of your sons? Oh, there's a really young one. He's out there tending the sheep. Isn't that interesting? Go get the young one. The shortest, youngest. And he brings him in and says, This is the king. So there's three examples right there of God saying what man thinks is the right direction to go. No, I'm giving the gift of faith to the younger brothers here. Abel, Jacob, and David. And can you imagine what Cain is thinking? Why is Abel so special? What about me? I work hard. Why can't I be blessed? Why can't I be chosen? I want to be the one to change and save everyone. You see, Cain, his problem was he should have never been trying to do Abel's job in the first place. You understand that? He never should have been trying to be the worshiper that brings everyone back to God. Cain didn't have the faith in God's plan of blessing him through the work of his brother. Cain said, no, 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 I got my own plan. He didn't want to trust the work that Abel was doing for him. No way know how, I am not going to allow that to happen. I want to trust my own labor, my own plan, my own direction. I want to get God's blessings my own way. And by the way, I am worshiping God for my blessing, not to extend it to others through sacrifice. So what I'm trying to communicate to you is, this is important. What Cain's issue was, he did not want to submit himself to God's plan. John three twelve says this, do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. So the question I have for you is when I'm looking at this concept, do you have any Cain offerings in your life? Are you asking the questions about your church life, this question? How can I be blessed or noticed by God? I want to do something that God likes. Are there things you are putting your faith in to somehow get recognized by God or other people that is something other than the work of Jesus? Perhaps you are putting your confidence in being good at religion. Perhaps you're putting your confidence in being personally righteous. Maybe your prayer life is stellar. God certainly is pleased with that. You have good attendance at the comedy club every Sunday. Never mind you're here for the burlesque show that happens after, but we won't go into that. It's true, by the way. I love that. Not the show, but that... Perhaps you are a good family man. You're a good dad. You're a good mom. You're a good wife. You're a good husband. Surely God will recognize me and bless me for that. Perhaps you're really doing good in your recovery. Perhaps you're really generous. You make a lot of money. You give a lot away. Surely God will like that. Perhaps you are a big-time player in the community with benevolence. Guys, let me tell you something. Things like this don't make you acceptable to God. Do you understand that? If these are things you're doing to be acceptable to God, you're just like Cain. These aren't the result. These these don't result in God's blessing. They are results of faith, which is a gift. See, if you see any of those things as reasons for God to notice or bless you like Cain did, you are like him and you see life through works and not faith. the grace life doesn't see worship as a way to achieve God's blessing but through faith as a way to extend God's blessings to others let me read it again the grace life which is what we try to live doesn't see worship as a way to achieve God you're not here to achieve God's smile I'm going to church today God's going to smile well you got the wrong reason for being here I still want you to come but it's still the wrong reason (laughs) but through faith Worship is a way that extends God's blessings to others. See, that's what Abel was trying to do. Look, I've got a job to do. There's a reason I'm a shepherd. I produce these lambs, and I'm taking one of the best lambs, and I'm performing this, we've talked about it last week, this blood sacrifice as we look forward to the time when Jesus comes, the ultimate lamb of God who will be the final sacrifice. But I'm doing this for my mom, for my dad, for the animals that are suffering because of our sin. I'm doing it for my brother. I'm doing this for them so that we can all remain connected to Heavenly Dad. That's the reason I'm worshiping today. And Cain says, I don't like the fact that you get to be the one that takes that role. I'm the oldest. But see, Abel's motivation was why his sacrifice was accepted. That's, after all, the motivation that Jesus had on the cross, is it not? Jesus didn't die so he would earn God's pleasure. The scripture says early on, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He already had that. He died on the cross, not so he would be noticed, but so that God would notice us. There's a blockage in between us and God, and it's our sin. And God looks at it, and he sees our sinfulness. And Jesus says, no, 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 I'm going to die. I'm going to sacrifice so that when heavenly dad looks, he sees me and he'll notice his children. To be like Abel, like Jesus, our sacrifice, our worship, must not be motivated by our own spiritual benefit. This is a concept that's going to really confuse you, but listen, if you are worshiping for your benefit... Your sacrifice of praise is just like Cain's. We worship for the benefit of others. See, that's why it's important to be here. It's important to be around God's people. How can you worship for their benefit if you only show up once a month? See, when you show up once a month, what you're really saying is, you know, I need to get back there. And I'm hoping that you'll see that the grace life transforms your motivation, even for why you're involved in a church family. It is so that you can extend the blessings of God to others and recognize and having confidence by faith, God's already recognized and blessed me. And it's not because of my religion. It's because of what Jesus did for me. And by faith, I accept his sacrifice as my own. That's what Cain should have been doing. I'm a sinner. I'm struggling with jealousy, but I recognize that Abel's sacrifice was so that I could be reconnected. But he couldn't do that. So the question is this. Why are you worshiping today? And I'm not I'm trying to beat you up or make you feel guilty. I'm just asking you to take private self introspection. What was your motivation for getting up and coming in the door? On a rainy Sunday,
0: donuts.
1: <laughs> yes, donuts. But I hope you see what I mean. If your motivation for worship is to serve others, your motivation will be infinitely greater to be a part of the process. Dad, By faith, we know that you've already recognized us. We don't need to earn your favor. We don't need to be jealous of the work of Jesus on the cross. We just need to, by faith, say, hey, that was enough for me. And then, God, I pray that you would change our motivation for worship. That you would rid us of the self-deception of, I just like the feeling it gives me. I feel dirty. I need to be cleansed or help us to have our motivation. Nothing like that, but to be how can I extend blessings to my brothers and sisters who are in my family as we worship together in that way? Make us more like Jesus every time we gather.